How's it going, everyone? I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I took a little bit of time myself and uh, stepped away from the podcasting, clear my mind, spent some time with family. And uh, honestly, I'm more excited than ever to be back. And this is the first of many podcasts. Uh, I've been very busy the last couple of days. Uh, and I'm excited to bring this one to you first. Uh, my guest today is, is a personality in the combat sports world. He does some work for Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. He's been on a number of different podcasts uh, in the MMA world. He's doing his own thing now, and he's even got a reality show coming out in the near future that uh, he teased me with. But uh, he's a really cool guy. Uh, love his story. He's uh, very similar to me in a lot of ways. And uh, I appreciated him coming on and uh, shooting the shit with me for a little bit. Please give it up for my guest, Joe Miggs. But before we enjoy this episode, a really quick shout out from our sponsor, Action Specialty Coffee. Now, first and foremost, as a partner in Action, I want to say thank you so much for the support. Uh, anybody from this listener base uh, gave to us during the Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales. Uh, we really appreciate it as a small business. We uh, rely on all of your support. And so as a way to continue uh, giving you guys a little bit of a thank you, uh, in addition to 15% off your purchase when you use code word curious, uh, for the remainder of the year, while supplies last, we're going to throw in a stainless uh, travel mug with the Action logo on it, uh, just because we appreciate your support. So go to drinkaction.com, order some of our specialty coffee, grab a bag of fuel, the new MCT bombs. They're vanilla flavored. They're absolutely delicious. They're zero net carbs. I believe it's six or seven grams of uh, MCT, which uh, if you're not aware, functional fats, clean fats, it's a great energy boost. Um, I like it as a sweet treat. I probably actually eat too many of them every day, but they're that good. So go to drinkaction.com, action with a K, use code word curious, and uh, we'll throw in a nice little treat for you. And maybe I'll even surprise you with something else if you're lucky. So uh, appreciate the support, guys, and enjoy this episode with my buddy, Joe Miggs. I'm up in, uh, I'm in Pennsylvania, so I, okay. just went, I just got done grabbing firewood and starting a fire down here, so it's a little chilly from from what I hear down in Florida right now, but it's not, uh, it's not too warm up here right now either. Nah, I mean, I'm not going to complain, bro. It's like 65 out right now. It's perfect. You know? So I know you in Pennsylvania, you don't want to hear that kind of talk, but it's, uh, I'll take it, man. It's always like, I mean, it always feels like a hundred degrees down here. So mm -hmm. to get a little break and get it down into the sixties, it's, it's a pleasure, man. Uh, give you, me any excuse to wear a hoodie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was going to say, hey, you busted out the hoodie. Are you born and raised in Florida? No, no. Well, originally from Brooklyn, New York. And uh, I was there for the first 17 years of my life. And then I moved uh, to Florida after that. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah, uh, you know, you popped up on my radar with uh, MMA Uncensored, but what's your journey into this podcasting world? Because you seem super comfortable. I get the impression you've got a little bit more experience than I probably realized, but um, you know, you're connected to a lot of really fascinating people from 
fighters to porn stars like what what's your journey and how did this whole network of individuals culminate into what it is today it's a good question man it's uh it's actually a funny story about two years ago a friend approached me and i was at his daughter's birthday party and he's like hey uh i'm gonna start a podcast and i want you to be a, a co-host with me on the podcast and i told him i said well to be perfectly honest with you, I don't know anything about podcasting. You know, I know Joe Rogan. That's about it. That's all I know. And he's like, well, he's like, I think you'd be, you know, great at it and everything like that. And I said, nah, I said, it's, I don't think that's for me, you know? And he was, he was pressing me like throughout the, uh, his kid's birthday party. He kept coming up to me. He's like, come on, I got the equipment. I got the software. All you got to do is show up and that's it. And uh, he said, look, if you don't like it, you know, after the first one, he said, then I won't bother you anymore. So I said, all right, that's fair. So he came over my house. We set up just a laptop, a microphone. He had his software running. It was no video. It was just audio. And it was just, we were just shooting the shit. You know, it was guy talk. And uh, the funny thing about it was a couple of weeks later, we started getting some traction. Uh, we got some, we got featured on iTunes and uh, or Apple podcast. And, you know, we started getting a decent following from it. Started a uh, Instagram page, Facebook, all that good stuff. And I was telling him, I'm like, you know, we got good traction with this thing. You know, I did a few episodes. I was real comfortable with it. I said, we got to like build an organic growth. We got to get a following. We got to maybe get some guests on, you know, that are interesting people, business owners, you know, and uh, he, he, he was he was indifferent about it. He he didn't really want to go that route. He just wanted to keep it like a guy talk show. And I just saw something different. You know, I just had a different vision about it. And I said, well, look, we'll have a guest on the show. And then you tell me how you like it, you know, and then if you don't like it, I won't bother you about it anymore. So he really couldn't say no to that. So we ended up having some people, you know, mutual friends that were business owners. We'd have them on. We talked about their business and you know, current events and stuff like that. And uh, little by little, you know, we started getting different kind of people on the on the podcast, you know, influencers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was at a crossroad, you know, after a little while going through the podcast with them, we did it uh, maybe close to a year at that point. Uh, he was starting to fall off and, and the relationship ended, but I decided to continue to go with, uh, with the podcast. And um the funny story about it was I, I was watching a bare knuckle event one night and I grew up a boxing fan. My dad got me into boxing when I was a little kid. Uh, I've always been a combat sport fan. I took Taekwondo. I took karate. I trained for boxing, you know, nothing on a professional level, but just really for fun and learning self-defense. Um, but I saw this bare knuckle and I'm like, wow, this is really interesting. You know, like, Bare knuckles, like old school stuff, you know? So I'll, I was hooked, you know, right away as a boxing fan. And I'm like, damn, I got to get some of these fighters on my podcast. I'm pretty interested in this. So I, I, you know, shout out to Abby Velasquez. He was my first bare knuckle fighter that I had on. And we had a great conversation. He just came off a win. And little by little from there, like I just started, you know, getting one fighter after another, after another. And I really got like hooked on this sport. And then I had uh, Dave Feldman on, who's the president of Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. And he invited me out, you know, to, to a show. And 
I got to experience that and it just kind of transpired from there, man. It, it, it's been, a, it's been, a, you know, I've been doing this for only two years, you know, but it's been a lot of fun for me, man. Yeah, no, he seems like a really interesting guy. I, um, I didn't know, like when I heard about bare knuckle, he wasn't the guy that I was expecting to kind of be at the helm of it. And I think it's really fortunate for them because a lot of people want to write it off as just like this kind of circus act and, I had my, my doubts on whether or not it would last. I I'm a fan of it just because I like combat sports, but as somebody like thinking about it from like a wider perspective, I'm like, I don't know if this is going to be able to sustain long-term growth. And it seemed like they were willing to throw money at some people, but it's like, how, how long can this go on before it just doesn't go on anymore? And he seems like, I don't know what his background is, but he seems like a super smart business guy. And, uh, you know, I like the way that that whole organization is going. It's uh, it's fun to watch, man. A lot of fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, Dave's a good guy. Dave's uh, he's a former professional boxer. Uh, his dad is a famed uh, professional boxer and uh, trainer. He trains world champions in boxing. David's brother, Damon, who's the owner of Celebrity Boxing, who I, I do work for as well. Uh, former undefeated heavyweight in professional boxing. So there is a boxing background there. Uh, you know, David's been involved in the fight game since he's a kid, you know, so it's all he knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a lot of the fighters respect him. You know, I can only speak based on my experiences with Dave Feldman. He's a great guy, man. Like guys like just literally took me in like a part of the family, you know, it was the coolest mm-hmm. thing. Like he came on my podcast we nerded out a little bit about Baron Alco because I've been watching it since day one. So like I, I could name fights, name fighters, whatever. And uh, we had a good time. And he invited me out to BKFC eight, which was in Tampa. And he's like, yeah, just come out. I'll give you, you know, VIP access backstage, whatever, you know, interview the fighters, see the show, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a, a blessing, man. I mean, I, I absolutely love it. I really do. And Uh, just to be there, you know, I met Stitch Durand for the first time, you know, he was on my podcast already, but to finally meet that guy in person, he's a legend, you know, and well-respected in the fight game for many years uh, was really cool, you know, and then to meet, you know, all the fighters, you know, everybody that I've had on my podcast, fighters I didn't, uh, I got to see the main event that night was Gabriel Gonzaga and Bigfoot Silva, and that was a a wild main event, a lot of fun, you know, it was hyped up, and, uh, you know, it was just a cool experience. But Dave's a, Dave's a great guy, man. Every time I go to these events, Dave's always there. gives me the time. We talk. We do an interview, you know. And, uh, you know, I can't say nothing bad about the guy. He's great. And the organization, man, I mean, itself. I mean, you know, and a lot of people give Bad Knuckle, you know, they, they, it's still 50-50. You know, it's a new promotion. You know, people kind of, you know, watching it really closely. What's going on with this thing? But it's blowing up, man. Uh, you know, all the fighters that get in there. I mean, it's a real deal fighters. It's not like some bum that they grab that's a drunk at the side of a bar. That's, hey, you want to get in? That's been uncle. the key. You know what I mean? The, there's some names yeah. in there, and you know these guys can fight. Yeah, it's real. It's real guys. I mean, Luis Palomino, he's the 155 world champ right now. He's fought guys like Justin Gage, Jorge Masvidal. He's a four-time world champion in MMA. The guy's experienced, you know. He came from backyard uh, bare knuckle fights. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a street guy from Miami. This guy knows how to fight, you know, and that's why he's the champ right now. Uh, you know, th- 
the, the, the whole card, I mean, all these guys that are coming up, Bellator fighters, UFC fighters, you know, they're, they're boxers, you know, they're, they're getting a whole, you know, a whole broad, uh, you know, structure of fighters that are coming over from different promotions. So, yeah, so Frank Mir. Yeah, Frank Mir recently signed heavyweight. Yep. So uh, that should be interesting to see who's yeah. going to go up against him. I'm looking yeah. forward to that what's your thoughts on just like the state of combat sports in general? I mean, obviously that's kind of a dumb question. If you like it's soaring, right. But like every way, every way, shape and form you, you look, you've got, I mean, now Logan Paul calling out uh, McGregor or Logan, wait, no, Logan's fighting Mayweather. Mayweather. Jake Mm -hmm. Paul's calling out McGregor. I mean, it's fun in the moment. And I think I'm like, is this, does it seem cool because we're in 2020 and shit's just fucking crazy? And are we going to kind of look at things when everything calms down and be like, wait a second, this guy's about ready to get in the ring with McGregor. Like this isn't, this isn't cool. Like I almost wonder how much the perspective of the world right now is impacting some of this shit. Yeah. uh, I mean, you know, to answer your question, I think combat sports right now, especially with everything going on in 2020, is the number one sport on the planet. Uh, I mean, they've proven to be successful. You know, we use Dana White as an example. He's the guy that pretty much didn't miss a beat, you know, pandemic, no problem. Uh, he, he powered through it, put events together, Fight Island. I mean, the guy's done an amazing job of putting together shows, getting fighters fights. I mean, UFC Fight Pass, Vegas, the contender series, it all continued. So yeah. uh, I think combat sports right now is thriving. Uh, boxing's kind of on the, you know, they're still lagging behind uh, with UFC. Um, you know, they've had a couple of good fights, you know, uh, but the stuff with the exhibition fights, like, you know, Tyson and Jones, for example, I thought that was cool. As far as, you know, seeing Tyson get back in the ring brings me back to my childhood, you know, growing up a huge Mike Tyson fan, obviously always loved Roy Jones as well. Um, But they took a lot of the punch out of the, no pun intended, but they took a lot of the punch out of the event with all these rules, you know, eight rounds, two minutes, nobody's allowed to get knocked out. There's not going to be a decision. I don't know. To me, it just sounded like a glorified sparring match to me. Uh, and then, you know, they ended up making a decision anyway, which was, I mean, if you're going to make a decision, make it right. I mean, to call that fight a draw, all yeah. due respect to Roy Jones, one of the best fighters ever, but all he did was clinch that whole fight. You know, I was, that's all it was. I, I was a little surprised, quite honestly, given the whole rule set. I, I thought it more favored him. I thought, you know, yeah. I thought Roy was going to be the better boxer and I was very mistaken. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, Look, I think Tyson just was in better shape. That's the way it looked to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say nothing bad about Roy. He kicked my ass in two seconds. But, you know, if we're, we're talking about two fighters on a, on a, you know, they're older, but still on a, still a high level compared to a lot of guys their age. Uh, you know, it was, more, it, it was more in Tyson's favor, that fight. You know, he was more active. Definitely landed more shots. Uh, he really wasn't initiating the clinches. Seemed like he was in better shape. Uh, and then Vinny Paz. I love Vinny Paz, man. Like, been a big Vinny Paz fan since I'm a kid. Especially everything he's been through. He's got probably one of the best stories in boxing ever. 
And uh, I don't know what fight he was watching that night, but his, his scorecard was terrible. Like, I, I could have put a three-year-old in there and they would have did a better job scoring that fight. It was terrible. So, you know, you got that. Uh, you got the Mayweather and, you know, Logan Paul thing coming up. A lot I mean, of people it makes are money. It makes money. Yeah, it makes money. Of course. I mean, a lot of people, bro, they like... A lot of, it's 50-50. You know, the YouTube fans, the, you know, the IG fans, all, all Logan Paul's fans are happy as hell, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but the boxing fans, the fighters, you know, um, not so much, you know, because, you know, I could look at it from both sides, you know. Can't hate on Logan Paul because the kid got himself to a very high level. He got himself a high following. He's making a shit ton of money. And he's in a situation in his life where he's presented with opportunities where he can make more money. If the guy is training and he enjoys boxing and he's pursuing it and he's got an opportunity to, to go against Floyd Mayweather. All right. Granted, it's not going to be a, a legit fight. I don't care what anybody says like this. There's no legitimacy to that fight. Like mm -hmm. not taking anything away from the skill that Logan Paul has, obviously the skill that Floyd Mayweather has, but as far as legitimacy is concerned, two different weight classes. Mayweather is like, you know, the elite, you know, Logan Paul is still starting out. There's no comparison. It's obvious that it's about money. So again, not going to hate on Logan Paul. He's got an opportunity to make money. This is that opportunity. He's taking advantage of it. So can't hate him there. As far as the boxing fans are concerned, fight fans are concerned sucks because, you know, there's a pay-per-view that you got to spend money on to watch this as a fight fan, as a good fight fan, you know, some really good fight fans. Uh, they don't want to see this, you know, the, the, it's a circus side show. Um, you know, I personally, I'm not going to pay to watch it. You know, I'll, I'll stream it somewhere, but I'm not going to pay to watch it. I just don't think it's going to be good period. You know, you, so. I've, I've thought this as a random thought, but do you think there's a world where the UFC has a boxing promotion and does does with boxing what they've done with mixed martial arts so you're saying ufc has a can you can you rephrase kind of, that so, so <laughs> think about how glory right glory has kickboxing they have you know different different types of, of striking events where the ufc yes. would be promoting boxing events the same way that they're doing with mixed martial arts where there's actually way where you're fighting for the UFC promotion, because I know there's a lot of money in boxing, but for a select few, I mean, I think that gets, I don't, I guess maybe I'm ignorant to how boxers get paid, but I, I always feel like there's this mindset where everybody who's boxing is making a ton of money. I knew a guy yeah. who is a, a Mayweather fighter and he wasn't making dick. And he was, you know, he was a, a pro boxer fighting on undercards of Mayweather and he wasn't making any kind of money. So hmm. just a thought. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a to totally different pay structure with UFC and, and boxing. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the Muhammad Ali Act for boxers, right? So they're protected. Okay. It's basically right. kind of like uh, the Players Association, Major League Baseball, for example. You know, they're, yeah. they're protected. So they're going to get paid a lot more than UFC fighters because UFC fighters don't have a, a fighters union, so to speak. You know, there are fighters that a lot of fighters complain about the pay, you know, the UFC is drawing in so much money yet. The fighters aren't making nearly as much as boxers are making. It's very true. They say it's like 16 to 18% right now. 
Yeah, it's very low. And I think that, you know, you, you know, to me, I think that fighters should be paid the most money out of any sport. Now, obviously from a business aspect, that's impossible. You know, if we compare like baseball players' salaries, it's just the structures are different, the contracts, the games played, you know, the, the fans buying the merchandise tickets, you know, there's so much that goes into it. So we're not going to see fighters get paid, you know, that kind of money, unless, you know, you're a boxer and you're Floyd Mayweather, but uh, there's definitely got to be like a, a, a more even scale for, for UFC fighters to make yeah. more money. Yeah. So I guess my perspective on it is more in the, in the realm of right. As, as somebody who likes watching boxing, it's difficult to be a boxing fan. Like it's, it's a hard sport to follow. It's, I feel like boxing could grow a lot if they could figure out a way to have a dominant, you know, a, a group that's promoting them where it's not as fragmented as it is. Because I think as a, if you're a pure boxing fan and you follow that sport, it's very easy to do that. It's really enjoyable, but if we're being like, from my perspective, it's like, I talk to people all the time who are into MMA or other types of, of mixed, just different type of combat sports period. And they're just not into boxing. It's just too difficult for them to follow. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's uh yeah, that's for like the uh, casual fan, you know, as a, as a diehard fan, it's easy. Like you said, yeah. uh, the casual fans are going to appreciate a Mayweather and a, a Logan Paul fight, you know? Uh, the casual fans, they just want to see knockouts. And I think that's where Bare Knuckle thrives because they could get those fans to cross over to them because of the fast-paced action, the fast knockouts. Their knockout rate is like 90%. I mean, people get knocked out, you know? And that's what people want to see, especially a casual fan. Boxing fans, you know, it's a little different. Um, but, I, you know, I think that maybe boxing could find more success as far as, uh, you know, bringing more fans in and stuff like that. I mean, they have a lot of fans anyway, but I think that if they want to draw in more fans to have actual professional boxing matches on the, on the same card as Mayweather and Logan Paul would be a good idea. So, you know, people could, Give you know, new fans, yeah, new fans could kind of see what professional boxing is all about if they haven't really watched it before, yep. you know. Uh, I think that Tyson and Jones that was a mixture, you know, that was a mixture. We had, you know, we didn't really have yeah, much Nate professional Robinson. boxing. There was a couple of fights on there, but I didn't watch them. So I couldn't even make an opinion on it, but uh, yeah, I, it's, it's tough right now. I think UFC is just, it has such momentum right now. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's really hard to, to compete with. Uh, but I would like to see eventually in the future, I would like to see a fighters union, get these guys and girls paid more money. Cause like, there's a reason I highlight fighters a lot on my podcasts and interviews and stuff like that is because in my opinion, there's no athlete in the world that trains harder than a fighter period. Like puts their life on the line, the sacrifice, the time, the time away from your family, weight cut training, discipline, you know, there's so much involved, you know, and I just think they deserve to be highlighted all the time for their hard work. Yep. You know? Yeah. No, makes sense, man. It's uh, I've been lucky enough to meet a handful. Some, you know, um, always yeah. blows my mind, the, especially too, just how humble and um, 
chilled, laid back, the, the complete opposite is of many of what many people think that someone like that would be like, um, you know, to be inside of a cage fighting other guys, but, or girls. Yeah, man. Well, when you're, when you're in a, in a dojo or you're in a gym and you're training and you get your ass kicked all day, preparing to fight, you are humble. Most, of, most fighters are humble because you, in order for you to be good, you got to get your ass whooped. It's just the nature of the beast, you know? No, nobody's going in their own gym undefeated and then winning all their fights. You're getting your ass whooped, you know? It's mm -hmm. just, so that humbles you. So, uh, yeah. But I know we have a mutual friend. You're uh, buddies with uh, Anthony Rumble. Yeah, yeah. Rumble's a good, a good buddy of mine, business partner. He's uh, and one of the funniest dudes that I've ever, now that I'm getting to know him a little bit more and I see that side of him, he's a funny dude. He's got yeah. quite the sense of humor. So you've, you've known him for a little bit, right? A funny story how I met Rumble. Uh, when I, I was doing uh, MMA Uncensored podcast, Anthony was our next guest on the show. So I always do uh, a test call just to make sure, you know, whatever location they're at, you know, their internet connection is good if we're doing it remotely. So we'll do like a five minute test call and then, you know, we'll, we'll do the show the next day, a couple of days later. So uh, I did the test call with Rumble and we're talking and I said, oh, nice to meet you. You know, this, that, the other thing. So where you're from? And I said, I said oh, I, you know, I live in Florida. He said, I live in Florida too. He said, where in Florida do you live? I said, I live in, you know, I told him where I lived and he goes, I live, I live in the same city, you know? And I said, Oh, that's cool. He, he said, where about? And I told him where about, and then like his face like froze and I'm looking at him and I'm like through the screen, you know? And I'm like, are we neighbors? <laughs> and he's, yeah, bro. Like I live one block from you. I'm like, what? He's like, yo, why don't I just come by to your house and we'll do the podcast there together? I said, all right. That's awesome. And then after that, we became cool. Like, you know, Anthony will come over. We'll have the fight night on. Anthony comes over. Jules comes over. I got some friends. We hang out. Uh, the last one we went to, Anthony called me up and we went to Duffy's and watched the, the fight. So Anthony's a cool, a cool guy, man. I, he's just a chill dude, you know. Mm -hmm. It was a funny story. We're at uh, this place called Hurricanes. It's a bar, you know, nearby. And this was, I want to say, this was pre-COVID. So outdoor spot, we're at the bar. It's like happy hour, get a drink. Anthony likes his uh, fruity drinks. He likes uh, margaritas and shit. So he got his drink and, and I, I don't know the fuck I was drinking, probably some bourbon or some shit. And uh, we're just chilling at the bar, having something to drink. And, you know, people recognize him, especially fight fans. This guy's a legend. Yeah. And uh, I see, you know, somebody's head popping up, they're peeking, right? So dude's talking to his friends, and I'm always watching out, you know. And I see the guy, he walks up, and he goes to Anthony, and he's like, hey, uh, why don't you, uh, that UFC fighter, Anthony Johnson? He said, why don't you win that movie, Warrior, and all this shit? And, and Anthony's just like, nah, man. He's like, I get that all the time. That's not me. And the guy was like, oh, okay. And he walked away. So I'm just laughing, bro. I'm like, you were so nonchalant about that. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like, not now. He's like, you know, I said, I get it. So, but the dude wouldn't give up, you know? So he waited till after, like I was we were walking. It was at the end of the day, end of the night, we we're done, tabbed out. So we're walking back to the parking lot. So Anthony goes his way. I start going my way. And this dude popped up out of nowhere, bro. <laughs> and he's like, hey, I got to ask you a question. And I was like, yes, it was Anthony Rumble. 
He's like, I fucking knew it, man. He's like, why didn't he, you know? And I was like, ah, you know, some days, you know, probably just like that for him. And, and he's like, nah, I get it. I get it. He must get stopped all the time. He's like, oh, man. He's like, you think you can get me an autograph from him and everything? <laughs> I was like, no. I was like, I can't. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, if I got to get an autograph for you, I got to get an autograph for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, it was just like a, it was a funny story. But uh, yeah, Auntie's, Auntie's great people, man. Yeah, same thing happened like five times when we were in Austin. Uh, we were in Texas together doing some stuff for the coffee company. And he uh, he had people popping up all over the place. It was really funny to see. But he's so humble about it. He liked to mess with people a few times. But uh, yeah, man, he's a great dude. I'm excited for his uh, his return. I'm very excited. I think, Hell yeah, uh, man. Seeing him in the gym, he got in the gym and really got after it with a couple of the um, the guy named Primal Swolger, Eric Leha, and his brother Juan. Uh, We were down at the Ana HQ and they were putting some work in, and I was just like, "Man, he's he's still got it. He's he's definitely still got it." No question, man. I I I saw him at the last bare knuckle event. We did an interview. This was funny too. Uh, So. Anthony's sitting in the, the front row ringside and next to him is Kendra Lust. So for the viewers out there who don't know Kendra Lust is, she's an adult film entertainer. And she's actually super cool too. Uh, she's a good friend of mine. So this city, but here's the funny story. So that event, I decided to shave like completely. So nobody knows what I look like shaved because I haven't shaved in over two years. Like I've always kept a beard. So when I shaved, nobody recognized me. It was hilarious. So like, I'm going up to people. Hey, what's up? They're looking at me like I'm nuts. They're like, ah, the fuck is this guy? I'm like, bro, it's, it's Joe. They're like, I initially oh thought you God. did like a face app or something like that. I saw you posted a picture. I'm like, he's just messing around with some sort of face app. And then I'm like, no, <laughs> fuck. He really did it. He shaved. <laughs> I did. I, I look fucking weird too. So I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta grow the beard back. So, um, long story short, I go up to, to rubble. He's chatting with Kendra. So I was like, Hey, Anthony was, like, Hey Joe, what's up? So obviously he knows me because we hang out. So, you know, so uh, I was like, hey, I was like, when you get a sec, let's let's do an interview. He's like, yeah. He's like, where you want to do it? I was like, wherever. So he's like, all right. And then Kendra cuts in. She's like, she goes, excuse me, sir. Uh, we're having a conversation. Would, would you mind coming back later? So I looked at her. Now, mind you, like an hour prior, I saw her with uh, Ashley Sabera, who's Dana Brooke from WWE. Yeah, who I'm also friends with, and because uh, you know we've done podcasts together, and her and Yuli are just fucking awesome. And uh, so Kendra sees me, she starts talking Spanish to me. So I thought it was kind of odd, and but I was so busy, I was like running around. So I was like, I'll catch up with her later. But she did that because she didn't know who the fuck I was. So when I when I told her when I was talking to Anthony, I was like, Kendra, I was like, you don't recognize me? She said, No. I'm like, it's Joe Miggs, you know, it's just shaved, you know, she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't recognize you. Holy shit. You know, all this stuff. She's like, do your thing, do your thing. So when I was talking to Rumble, so that's when I brought up Rumble Time Coffee when I was talking mm-hmm. to Anthony, I was wanting to know more about it. I was curious because I saw him promoting it and uh, I saw some of his friends have been drinking it and everybody's raving about it, man. So yeah. I want to get, get some you. Rumble Time in my, in my life. Yeah, no, we'll yeah. get you some. I'll connect yeah. with you after this. It's, uh, it's been fun, man. I, it's, it was a little project that I got myself involved with. Uh, and AJ reached out and was like, Hey man, what's up? And I had connected with him before at a cannabis event out in LA and, uh, we stayed in touch from that. And 
it was, it just worked out perfectly. His personality, the way he goes about everything, it was like, couldn't have, couldn't have been a better match with me and my partner. So bringing him on board and, and just trying to build it out COVID through a wrench and everything this year has been different, you know, like our whole plan on how we were going about things and trying to go to market. Uh, we had to improvise a little bit and try to get creative and uh, you know, it's, it's been better than I think we could have ever expected, but uh, 2021 very excited for, I think, uh, you know, we hopefully can get back to a normal life and get everybody go grab yourself some rumble time, use rumble as your code. You'll get a nice discount and maybe you'll get lucky. And if you, you know what, do rumble, rumble Joe, if you listen to this and I'll throw in a free mug and uh, maybe some other cool shit too. So. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. I'm going to let definitely let everybody know about that. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, COVID, COVID sucks, bro. I fucking like, I, I know a lot of businesses that have suffered. It's very unfortunate, you know, and uh, I, I've been grateful and, and thankful that I've maintained work. Uh, but I know a lot of people that haven't. Uh, it's horrible. I even did a podcast to help businesses out when the lockdown first happened, they shut everything down uh, for local businesses that were still open. Because, you know, when that shit hit the fan in the beginning, everybody thought the whole world shut down. Yep. But there were still small businesses that were open, but people weren't going out. So they didn't know that these businesses were open. So I did a podcast and I was trying to help them spread the word. You know, I had like a dozen businesses on and we just did one after the other after the other, you know, I had hair salons on really good idea just to help them out like i didn't want nothing you know i just wanted to help these people and i know they were struggling and and it was good you know we had it was a live show people were tuning in asking questions it it was great you know it was it was really cool but yeah man how did did you guys make out during this whole thing um i mean it's I've been good. You know, I'm torn on how I feel about it. You know, it's like, I've seen people be affected by it. I think it's real. I think, you know, you got to take precautions, but I'm, I'm somebody, I look at everything, you know, whether you die by getting hit by a car, you die by COVID death's a death. And there's people whose lives have been upended. There's suicide. There's a lot of depression. And, uh, you know, I look at things, I'm a numbers person and, things I don't know something just doesn't make sense to me and I feel for everybody however they've been affected but uh a year of this shit man and we're still just talking about wearing masks and that's it like that's the best that we got is throw a face diaper on and get back to it like you know 1200 bucks I mean that people got sent 1200 bucks that's the fucking best America can do is send people 1200 dollars right that's it's a shit show that's a shit yeah. show. Like now, like, well, if I want to get people away from me, I just cough. Yeah, right. That's it. I just start coughing. I was at the grocery store before. I, I was in an aisle. It was all jammed up. I was trying to get through. I just started coughing. People were spreading. Yeah. No, it's Very funny. <laughs> um, I've been the outspoken one in my family. They all get sick of it, but it's been good. Like holidays, I've, got, I've been able to avoid. I'm just like, you guys don't want to hear me complain about this. <laughs> it's, just, it's easier for me to stay away. So, you know. You're in quarantine. I'm in quarantine for sure. Where in Pennsylvania are you? Pittsburgh. Oh, okay, you're in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Pirates. Pittsburgh. Yeah. You grew up yeah. baseballs fan. I am. Yeah, I played a okay. little ball. I played uh, baseball in college. I played uh, 
a little outside of that, did some things, nothing, nothing too crazy. Didn't make a whole lot of money with it, but it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. Well, what do you right. got there? What are you drinking? Bourbon or scotch? You know, it's, it's a little, it's a little Jack, a single barrel select. Oh, hell yeah, man. That's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. I figured I was talking with you. I'm like, he seems like he's a whiskey guy. So. Hell yeah, bro. You're spot on, man. Yeah. I, I like bourbon whiskey. Actually, I just started really getting into tequila now. Really? So yeah, that's kind of my third. Anything with this, anything aged in a barrel, I like. You know, just yeah. I don't know what it is. I can't do I can't do tequila. I um something. I it may have been just bad bad past experiences. Everybody's got bad past experiences yeah. with tequila. Yeah, yeah, I've had a few. So many, bro. <laughs> a few that few that didn't go too well for me or others. But uh, now, as long as I got a little bit of little bit of whiskey, if I've got a little weed, that'll that's all I need. Hey, bro, it's nothing wrong with it, man. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it at all. What uh, position are you playing baseball? I was an outfielder. I did a little, I pitched a little bit. Okay. Um, but I was an outfielder, mostly center field, moved to the corner as I got older. I was a speedster early on and uh, more of a leadoff guy, hit for contact. Mm-hmm. I was a lefty. So I always oh, nice. get on base and try to steal. But uh, I got into the, got into the gear a little bit when i went to college and everybody did put on how, some, how old are you i'm 33 i was okay. like right in the mark mcguire age man it was like yeah. how can i get huge so you know i experimented a little bit and uh i went from like 155 pound little skinny kid to like 215 Damn. and just yeah i got humongous it's yeah. i'll have to I'll, it's hysterical it's uh i didn't realize how little my head was until i look at photos <laughs> Cause that didn't, it didn't really grow. Um, but yeah, I moved to the corners and went from like a, a contact leadoff hitter to somebody that was just trying to drop bombs anytime I could. Yeah, man. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a totally different feeling when you're on it and you're playing. I played baseball too. I played high school ball, travel ball. Uh, I played every freaking position, man. Uh, but third base was my, was my, my spot. Love playing the hot corner. Yeah. And, uh, and then I got into softball after that, into competitive okay. softball. We traveled, we did worlds, we played at ESPN, Wide World of Sports, we world tournaments and stuff like that. And all legit ball players and that stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it's soft toss, whatever, but still high competition, you know, a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, you know, I did the whole gear thing too, man. And it's, it's a different level of playing when you're, when you, when you're on that stuff, like, it's twofold. You know, you've got the initial strength gains. I mean, I was, I was just ridiculously strong. I had, I had somebody that mentored me that knew what they were doing. So I wasn't just some kid that got tossed a bottle of D ball. Like I was running trend and a thousand milligrams of an and doing Tyrannoball and Anavar. And I just, I was, I was a machine. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And between the strength, but the ability to play baseball every single day and never get tired. Never get tired. Never feel pain. Never, you know. It's so funny, like, uh, and uh, and I don't mean funny in a funny way, but like your body is breaking down without you even realizing it. You know, you're you're hurting yourself and not even feeling it. Yeah, yep. that's a crazy thing. How it masks everything. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. I had. Uh, I saw. I got it when I was really like, I'm not gonna say taking boxing seriously, but training every day. Mm-hmm. Um which was serious you know I, I was all into it all in obviously doing weightlifting too 
And I was at a point where, yeah, I, I was training six days a week, weight training, cardio, boxing. It was just nonstop. Didn't feel a thing. And then I just was lifting real heavy. And after a while, you start to feel it. You know what I'm saying? And then I felt it. Yeah. And I had to go get MRIs, nine herniated discs in my back. I'm dealing Pinch with nerve, bulging yeah. C4, C5. Like a mess, bro. Like now my whole lifestyle has changed. Like I got friends that hit me up. Yo, come train. I'm at top team. Come train. Come train. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll hit the mats. I'm like, bro, I would love to, but I can't. If I hit the mats right now, but my whole back will break probably. I just don't have the the strength anymore on my back to do that kind of stuff, you know. So mm -hmm. I could still, I still go to the gym. I hit the bags. I hit mitts and stuff like that. Cardio, you know, just to stay in shape. But to actually like grapple and stuff like that, it'd be a waste of time for the guy that's doing it to to me, because it'd be an easy target, you know. Yeah. And that for me, it'd be a waste of time because I just get hurt. So I, it's one of the things I, I do these interviews and podcasts because I'm able to live vicariously through everybody else, you know, that's yeah. doing it, you know? So it's a win, you know, it's a win the way I look at it. No, it's, man, I, I feel like you're just telling me my life story. It's, it's been a struggle, man. I've got a couple discs in my neck that are all jacked up that, you know, it's either get them fused or deal with the pain. And it's like being 33, I've, tried to just continue to deal with the pain but as i get older and try to stay as active it's you feel it you know what i mean it's it's there for sure and then just all the other just ailments shoulders from you know the powerlifting competitions that i was doing and being somebody who realistically i graduated high school like i said i was like 155 pounds i was not a, a big framed person i'm a very small framed person and to carry 215 pounds i was benching you know low 400s it just wasn't what my elbows and shoulders were supposed to be doing. And, uh, you know, now I see people that were like, I, I don't even want to look at them. Cause I know they're like, I told you so I fucking told yeah. you, but I don't know. It's, you get experiences and you meet a lot of cool people. And I just, the competition bug, I, I was never like a pro athlete, but I just always, I didn't want to stop. You know, I just mm -hmm. enjoy it too much. The camaraderie of doing things with other people, difficult things. Same, bro. Same. Like I, I have to, my lifestyle is the gym, you know, mm -hmm. and I wish I could go more, you know, like I was just, I just took five days off in a row because I was in pain. I was uncomfortable. My back was twisted up. My neck was hurt. Can't work out like that. So I got to listen to my body more now. I'm 37. So, you know, it's like the recovery is not like what it was in my twenties and this is kind of like a chronic thing. It's not going away. So I could maintain it where some days I, when I feel good, I go to the gym. When I don't feel good, I don't go. It's pretty much my routine now. So like today I did weightlifting. Can't lift heavy anymore, but you know, I mix in lightweight, high rep. I still get the burn I need. And then, uh, you know, tomorrow, if I feel good, I'll, I'll go kickboxing, you know, and I'll, I'll train in the gym for, you know, whatever. What kind of and stuff are you doing for your neck? Are you doing like, uh, you ever use the iron neck or anything like that? So you're the second person who brought that up. No, I haven't done that yet, but I, I hear good things about iron neck. Mm -hmm. But yeah. uh, what I what I do right now, uh, I have a chiropractor I go to. He's really good. Shout out Jordan Agan. Guy's awesome. Uh, he, he does really good work. 
Uh, I, I use the cervical traction device, which I find really good that opens up my cervical spine area, you know, pulls those discs apart so I could breathe. Uh, so that helps massages, you know, cupping therapy. That's been really good for me. Stretching, you know, yeah. heat, ice, you know, that's pretty much what I've been doing. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I've tried, uh, I've tried really working on the flexibility aspect and I've almost bought the diamond Dallas page yoga program. Oh, I did it. Did you? Yeah. Fuck me up, bro. Did it? I, yeah. I was I was like, I don't know if I even want to tell anybody this. I'm watching these videos. I'm like, well, damn, man, if DDP could do it, I could do it. <laughs> He's got, it. He has that, that crippled paratroopers running down the road at the end of the video. I'm like, fuck. Sign me up. Yeah, I'm thinking, well, shit, I can already run up the stairs. So what will I be able to do? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I tried it, bro. Ooh, fuck me up. It seems like it's pretty legit. And he was doing shit that I'm like, I can't, I can't put my leg up over my head like that. I'm not there yet. I don't even know if I ever be. I mean, he's surgery before I do that shit. Like yeah. I tried it. I signed up. I started doing it. I saw Scott Hall, the Jake the Snake, everybody, the whole crew <laughs> was there. And I'm like, all right, you know, so I'm doing it. But the cool thing about DDP is that he'll always remind you in the sessions to do it at your own pace. He goes, you may not be able to do it exactly like I could do it. That's okay. Let me show you a modification. So he modifies a lot of stuff for people, which is good. I mean, it's a good program. Don't get me wrong. But I think because of that uh, competitive edge that I have as an athlete, I want to do it the right way. I don't want to do it the cheesy way. You know, I don't want to back out and do it the modified way. So I kept pushing myself to do it the regular way. And my body wasn't, feeling it you know so i stopped doing the ddp yoga i started doing regular yoga super boring i i don't like it so i just do my own take on it i pick out like the back workouts like the back stretches that i know that i could do and i like and i'll just kind of incorporate those with my stretching before i work out so it's kind of yeah otherwise i'll be all fucked up bro oh right now i have uh, i got one of those massage guns and just every night, just do my hips, my quads, and my lower back, try to get my neck and everything. And if I can coax my wife into a nice massage a couple nights a week, I try to take advantage of that. Usually, steak dinner, me. bro. Usually, a steak dinner works. Yeah. It costs me, it seems like it changes on me every fucking week. It's <laughs> something different, but I'm lucky. I, I at least I get a nice, I get a nice neck rub every, every couple of days, which certainly helps. But yeah. Yeah, it's scary. I'm getting old. I feel it. Bro, trust me, man. It, it don't get easier either. I remember I used to, bro, I, used to, I remember I used to pop out of bed, like 18 years old, to even up to in my late 20s. Like, I'd pop right out of bed, ready to go. What are we doing? What are we doing? I, remember I used to play softball on Sunday mornings. I was in a league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd party the night before on a Saturday night, get home like 3 o'clock in the morning, pass out, wake up at 7, get dressed, Boom, on the ball field at 8 a.m. and play a doubleheader in the heat down here mm-hmm. in Florida. And ready to go for a third game before like I'd be like, yo, that's it. We're done. Like, let's and go. go out afterwards too. Again. Easy, bro. Go for yeah. lunch, get beers after. Like insane, insane energy. Go to the gym the next day. Like everything was all good. I, I can't even do that shit now, bro. Like I'm broken. So like if I wake up, I'm like, oh, what hurts now? That sucks, dude. It fucking blows. 
I know how depressing, although this is probably people are listening to this and relating so much. They're like, yeah, that's my life. Everybody's dealing with it. You know, I think the best day for, for people watching or listening, like if you're dealing with pain, obviously the f- most important thing you got to do is listen to your body, you know, try not to do too much. You know, sometimes we get ahead of ourselves in our mind, you know, oh, I could do this. I could do that. You really got to take the time to listen to your body. And then you got to find the things that work for you. You know, are you, you listening, wanna... dad, dad, are you, are you listening? <laughs> no more. Climb. Oh, okay. Don't climb in the tree with the chainsaw on a rope anymore. Okay, dad. Yeah. No chainsaws, no climbing, especially the two together. I don't think that's a good idea. Period. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, you know, I think if you don't want to have surgery, find the alternatives that work for you and stick with those and make a routine out of it. I was told I need surgery. I was told, you know, spinal fusion and, you know, fuse my neck and take discs out and all that crap. And I was like, nah, I'm good. Well, we'll give you some pain meds. I'm like, nah, I'm good. Not doing it. Not doing it. So I do deal with pain here, you know, a lot. But uh, there's some days, some weeks that I go, I'm fine, you know, so I cherish those moments. (laughs) Yeah. Do you use CBD ever? Yeah, I got CBD. Uh, actually, shout out to my sponsor, Hemp Boca. I use their products all the time. They have uh, uh, CBD massage oil, really good for post-workouts right. for athletes. So, you know, I use it almost all the time, you know, whenever I feel pain. Usually, it's my neck that gives the most issues. I just rub that oil in, and if it works, you know, relaxes the muscles of my neck, and it's uh, it's really good stuff. So, Use the code MIGS, M-I-G-Z, for a 10% discount if you go to hempboca.com. There you Don't go. forget. No, right on. You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm always skeptical whether or not I'm just like placebo affecting when I take stuff. And uh, I realize CBD is legit because I, I always feel, I feel the benefit, 100% feel the benefit. But I give my dog CBD treats and my dog is anxious as fuck. And I give my dog other treats and he don't chill out. I give my dog CBD treats and he chills the fuck out. So nice. that to me is all the evidence that I need that CBD is in fact doing what I think it's doing when I take it. So I want to give another shout out too to my boy, Andy Hernandez, Andy H films. He's my guy. We work together to do all these interviews. So uh, if you go to my IG at Joe Miggs, uh, you'll get to see like all the interviews that we do at these live events and stuff like that. And Andy's the guy, he's the magic maker, Emmy nominated film producer, does amazing work. So I wanted to give a shout out to Andy. That's awesome. So he travels with you everywhere you go and, and to do all those interviews at the shows. Yeah, we linked up recently. Um, Cause uh, so I, I was doing a podcast with MMA and Sensor. It was just temporary. One of my things is I, I, I don't ever want to be exclusive because it, it, you know, kind of puts me in a cage. I can't do what I want to do. It defeats the purpose of doing this, man. Exactly. So, you know, for me, it was like, you know, I'm, I'm down to do whatever, you know, podcasts, interviews, whatever people want me to do, you know, that makes sense. I'll, I want to do it. I don't want to ever have to be like, I can't because of this, this and this, you know, I never want to be constricted. So uh, me and Andy linked up and we're actually working on a reality show right now. Oh, nice. So, which I'm really excited about. I can't get into too much detail right now, but uh, what I can tell you, it's going to involve fighters, athletes, other sports and celebrities. It's going to be an actual reality series. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to basically be like 
people like your favorite athletes and celebrities like you've never seen them before in a totally different aspect. So it's to be very different. Uh, nothing like this has really been done before. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, kind of kept things very quiet about it, but uh, we're going to, we start filming next month in mid January and it's going to be really, really cool, man. Like, That's awesome. I can't, I can't, thanks, man. I can't wait to, to get more into it. Uh, but for that, for right now, that that's all I could get into. So that's kind of why I, I uh, moved off of the podcast for right now because I had people hit me up like, "Hey, where you where you at? I haven't seen a podcast from you. What's going on? Everything good?" And I'm like, "Yeah, everything's great." I said, "We we got something else coming up." So, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome, man. Has has COVID kind of impacted that at all? Or are you right on track, just kind of timing it towards the end of the year? Yeah, no, we're, we're right on track. Uh, there's, there's really been no, uh, you know, hesitation. There's been no, you know, COVID didn't really affect us in, in that respect, thankfully. Uh, you know, during the whole time of COVID, I've been planning, you know, I've been game planning different moves, you know, what am I going to do next? Because I took the opportunity, you know, to just network, you know, and just talk to people and set things up. And that's what I've been doing this whole time, setting up my sponsors, setting up, you know, uh, influencers and athletes and celebrities that I want to work with. And, and that's basically what I've been doing, you know, this whole time. So now it's going to come to fruition uh, starting next month when we get the filming going. And once things, once it drops and people see it, then they can be like, oh shit, you know, that that's, that's what he's been. That's why he's been so quiet. You it's know, a good feeling when that all comes to fruition, isn't it? Yeah, man, it's just hard work, bro. You know, I like, you know, for me, like when I got into podcasting, I was going through, I, while I was doing podcasting and trying to take it to a, to another level, I was going through so much in my personal life. I was going through a divorce. I was, I had a non-compete issue with a job that they were suing me. So I was going through a lawsuit. I was going, my, my grandmother had passed away at the time. I was going to college full-time at the time, working a full-time job, looking for another job at the same time. And then doing this podcast. And this was all going on at the same time. And my life was just crazy. So I'm like, how the fuck am I? Like, I just had to find a way. And thank, by the grace of God, the only outlet I really had was the podcast. That was the only thing that got my mind off of everything else. So I knew that I had to push this thing to the next level because this is all I got right now. You know, mm -hmm. everything else in my life was shit. So I just forged forward. You know, I stayed focused, you know, and uh you know, next thing I know, I'm doing all these interviews at these events, you know, I'm getting invited out, I've got celebrities reaching out to me, fighters reaching out to me, athletes from other sports reaching out to me. I'm like, who the hell am I, you know, but they are seeing what I'm doing and it's getting some sort of interest, you know? So I mean, to me, it's cool. You know, it's just, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just a cool feeling though. I'd be curious to get your input on this because I, I've had a couple of people ask me and you know, the, the, the question is always, so what do you just like, like, what do you reach out to these people and just like ask them to be on your show or something? <laughs> and I'm, it, I'm kind of dumbfounded by it because I'm like, well, yeah, that's typically how you like interact with somebody is you reach out to them and you engage with them. Yep. Um, now there's a caveat to it. If you've got nothing to say, uh, or you have no purpose in why you're reaching out or there's no end game, 
then you're probably not going to have a response back or the one you get is going to be pretty different than what you're hoping for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think it, from my perspective, it really is as simple as just reaching out with the caveat of w- what's your intent, what's your story, what's your value. Um, and if you do that, yeah, you're going to have some people that blow you off, but I've, I've taken that method across everything, my professional career, my personal relationships, my hobbies, everything that I've ever done. And to me, it was like, why would I do it any different than that? And yeah, there's a part of it that's, I want to talk to some big name people. And I've been happy to get a couple of big names because it's exciting and it's competitive in me where I'm like, man, I, I, I fucking scored Tim Kennedy. I got Tim Kennedy to come on the podcast and spend you know, 50 minutes talking about America with me. How fucking cool is that? Hell yeah. Not to mention, it's a lot of great perspective. And I got to ask a lot of things that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. But I've also, I get to connect with random people. I found some dude from Montana who lives on a, you know, 60 acre wilderness preserve and he hunts elk all the time. It's just like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was, it was a really cool conversation. I've met somebody now who I, you know, have a relationship with and he's invited me out to go hunting sometime. I'm like, you know that these are lifelong things and you know i'm i'm kind of like going on and on but for me that is all possible just by taking the initiative and saying i'm gonna fucking do something and do it all the way through oh yeah yeah i i I agree man i think uh that's the cool thing about podcasting you know i always say it podcasting is the ultimate networking tool you know you're 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 making connections you're talking to people that you know, if you're in business and you're trying to get a hold of someone or, or talk to someone, the podcast is your is your reason to get a hold of these people. You know, people that you wouldn't normally have conversations with, you're now having conversations with because you have a platform. And that's a really great thing about podcasting, because if you're a good speaker and you're a good listener uh, and, and you know how to promote your, your product and it's a win, you know, and you're good at a good at accepting the, the word. No, that's one thing about podcast being ignored, because when I first started doing podcasting, and to this day, I'm not going to say anything's changed. You know, it's gotten a little easier to get guests on only because of previous guests that I've had on and they see and they're like, oh, I want to be on that, too. But especially in the beginning, when you're trying to go, I mean, the, the, there's some stats I can spit at you, but like, you know, only. 10% of podcasts actually make it past 10 episodes. As crazy as that sounds. And there's a lot of podcasts out there. Mm-hmm. 10% is a small number, but it's actually a lot of podcasts. But that's all that makes it past 10. Because people don't realize the, the, the amount of hard work that is involved in podcasting. You know, you're doing everything as a podcast host. You're the business manager. You're setting appointments. You're, you're following up with people. You're trying to set a date. You're doing the whole show, which is the easiest part, is actually doing the podcast. Then you got to do editing after, then you got to promote it. You know, there's a lot. And I think when people realize that they're like, oh shit, like I didn't realize it was that much work. I thought it was just click and play. And that's why you get a lot of drop off, you know? But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I there's so many people that I, I've reached out to that either ignored me, said, nah, I'm not interested or whatever. You just got to take that shit with a grain of salt and keep pushing forward, you know? And I, I'm proof of it. Not that I'm famous or anything like that, but I've been able to separate myself uh, from just doing a everyday kind of podcast to now, you know, talking to very interesting influencers, you know, yeah. and uh, it's, it's really cool, but it's really just, 
it's easy. It's not hard. It's just not quitting on yourself, you know, not giving up, continuing to forge forward on like accepting the failures, embracing them, embracing the no, and just continue. Oh, it's tough to rewatching these, isn't it? Oh, I never rewatch them. Oh, see, I do all my editing. So it's like, oh, it's, I go back through and I do all the chops and I sort everything out for all the different social platforms. So, I mean, it's sometimes, man, it's brutal. It's, I'm like, I don't even want to fucking get back behind that mic again. But then you start to realize that it's those imperfections about you that make you enjoyable from for other people because everything else is so overproduced. You know, like that we live in such an overproduced world that stumbling over your words and saying the wrong thing. And, you know, I, I thought about something I said earlier. I'm like, I can't believe I fucking said that. I'm going to piss somebody. I'm thinking of somebody specifically who I'm going to piss off by saying that. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? It's, it's not even worth the time. Leave it there. So it's yeah. all learning experience from doing it. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and look, you know, everybody's got a right to their own opinion. You know, you don't have to agree with it, but you got to, if as long as this is not a horrible opinion about something, respect it. You know, it is what it is. You know, I, I, I don't want to piss anybody off, but if I do, I mean, it's not really my problem. It's that person's problem that's pissed off. That's how I look at it, you know? I can still go on with my day. I'm fine. You know, it's the other great I... thing about podcasting. <laughs> yeah, man. That's what I always say. Like, if you don't like what I'm saying, listen to another podcast. Yeah. It's very simple. There's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of good podcasts out there. There are. There really is. I've uh, I've been digging a lot of them. The more I've gotten into it, I've tried to expand. I was just like a, you know, your typical Joe Rogan only for a long time. And then yeah. actually his influence of like throwing other people at me, those started to overtake my library. And it's like, I find myself listening more to the people that he's had on. And I only tune back in to see like who else has been new that I can go and then follow and start to listen to their shit. But. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's the king, you know, the king of podcasts. Mm -hmm. He's, he's done it right for a real long time and he's been so consistent. So I just think it's fantastic. You know, I always, will always love his work, you know, always like everything that he's done. And uh, the guests, you know, for the most part are pretty damn good. So, and I like what he does. Like, I like that he gives some, you know, people that aren't famous a shot. You know, I like that, you know, he finds someone interesting. It doesn't matter what their social status is. He'll have them on. And I, and I really appreciate that kind of stuff. It's those little things, you know? Yep. No. And there's some of the best episodes, honestly, yeah. in a lot of cases. Um, hey, I wanted to ask you before we jump off, uh, yep. what are your thoughts on the upcoming fights? I mean, a lot of big fights coming up from a, from a mixed martial arts perspective. Yep. You know, I'm thinking Connor and Dustin is a big one for me. I'm actually, I'm in the, I personally am in the camp. I think Connor starches him early. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't think that Dustin's really, I think he's a great fighter, but I think his style uh, against Connor's style is going to bring out the fight in Connor early. And I think it's going to be to Connor's benefit to end the fight early as well. Mm -hmm. So I think he's, I think destiny is going to find its way to happen there. But. It could, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see the fight. Uh, I, I could tell you this. I've been to, in the last couple months, I've been to top team a few times and I've seen Dustin training uh, and he looks good. Yeah. You know, he looks good. I think the last time I saw him at top team was probably a couple months ago, but I mean, I saw him there, you know, and I saw him training. He, he, he looks in great shape. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, and Connor is Connor. You know, he's a great striker. He's coming off, uh, I mean, a dominant victory over Cerrone. Uh, you know, he, he he's he's ready, man. I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a toss-up to him. Anything could happen in there. That's the thing. Anything could happen. You know, it's, it's hard for me to pick one on that. But I think if uh, Connor keeps it stand-up and striking and he's able to keep the distance and I think he's he's got a, a shot at winning, and I think if Dustin could get inside on Connor and kind of uh, you know not allow Connor to keep the distance and land those 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 hard strikes that he's good at, I think Dustin's got a really good shot. So I don't know. We'll we'll have to see fight night, man. Yeah, uh, just it seemed too. Connor just wanted that fight so bad. And I feel like a guy in his position right now, he knows the risk of losing again. And so mm -hmm. I feel like he's only picking and pushing to fight people right now that he knows he can build himself back up to that money machine. Kind of, I mean, it's the same thing with, with cowboy. I have all the respect in the world with cowboy, but oh, it's yeah. like, he was doomed, man. That was, yeah. it just, it was, it was almost a guaranteed win. I mean, to your point, anything can happen, but mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it it was, you know, so Roney was, I think was, that was it, right? He got, uh, he got released after that. Um, I don't know. Did he? I think he did. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, sure. I know that I know Dana was just talking about like a ton, like a fighters are getting released. I know he's got a, he's got a grappling match against, uh, Dos I saw that Dos Angeles. Yeah. I saw yeah. that. He's on the uh, same card. Uh, I just did a podcast with Mason Fowler. Oh, cool. And, um, he, I didn't even, I didn't, had no idea that Cerrone was on that card. He's like, yeah, Cowboys got a match with Dos Anjos. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. I had no idea. I saw that today, actually. Yeah. yeah interesting. Yeah, it is pretty interesting. I think Rumble's yeah. on that card, too, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's on there, too. I don't know who he's going against, but I, I, I saw that, too. He's on there. I got to ask him who he's, uh, who he's going up against. It's grappling, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got to ask him about that. And then the bare knuckles on Friday, which I can't wait for. They're in Biloxi. For that? Well, it's kind of sad. Uh, I mean, and no disrespect to the guy that's filling in because uh, I've seen him fight on on Total Line. He's good. But uh, the main event was supposed to be Sam Shoemaker versus Mark Godbeer. And Mark Godbeer fought in the UFC, fought in Bellator, mm -hmm. went over to the UK to, to fight, you know, bare knuckle there. And now he just got recently signed with BKFC. He ended up getting COVID. So, and it was kind of crazy too, because I have a, a there's a little platform on, on Instagram called bare knuckle freak, but that's why I do all like all the bare knuckle news and all that and the content. And uh, I, I'm friends with God beer on Facebook and he posted that he got COVID and he's done, you know? And I, when I read it, it said posted six minutes ago. So I'm like, Oh, this is breaking news. So I did a little, you know, something and I put it out there. And then his manager wrote a uh, message saying, how did you, who told you this? How did you find this out? I said, it was on his Facebook. He just said it. So then he removed it. And I guess the organization didn't want him to drop it right away, you know, cause they had to like, set up another main event. So I, you know, I respect the brand treats me good. So I just dropped it and I waited until later to put it back up, but uh, he's out. He's out. So they got this guy, uh, He's got a funny fucking name, Bobo O'Bannon. It's just like so Irish to me. Yeah. But uh, I saw this guy fight, and he could fight. You know, he 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 knocked the shit out. Of this guy's like a 
he doesn't look very athletic, but he's a big guy. Obviously could fight, no question. Uh, but he fought a guy that was looked much more athletic than him. Big, ripped heavyweight. He, he fucked him up. You know, it was a good fight, but he won. And uh, he, he knocked the guy out. So he's a powerful dude. And he's fighting this guy, Sam Shoemaker, whose punching pressure is like 1,600 pounds. Like Ivan Drago shit. So it'll be a good fight. You know, that's the main event. The under, the co-main event is Tyler Goodjohn, okay. who's uh, he's getting very popular, this guy. Another Brit- British dude that they just signed. He's coming over. Undefeated bare knuckle fighter in Britain coming over here. He's a porn star too, this guy. He's like a wild cat. Man, I have to get him on your podcast because he'd be a cool guest to have. And uh, he's fighting. Uh, he's fighting Charles Bennett, actually. Wow. Yeah. They call he used to go by Crazy Horse. Now he goes by Felony. He's fighting. Uh, and then they got some other there's some other good fighters. Like uh, this guy Quentin Henry's real good. Nice. Dakota Corcoran's on that card. He's fighting. Uh, he actually that Dakota Corcoran gets less credit than he deserves. That guy, he I I I want to say he's undefeated in bare knuckle, but he doesn't get enough like publicity with them. I don't know why, but he's fucking good like he's knocking people out so i'm uh, looking forward to seeing him fight and uh there's a couple other good ones there's, a, there's gonna be a sneaky there's there's one that's everybody's got to watch it's uh it's it's my let me just look it up real quick because i just want to yeah, yeah. in case these guys are listening and i want them to know i i fucking know my shit but i do want to say this is going to be the sneaky fight of the night the sneaky fight of the night is going to be well, Chris Sierra's fighting Josh Burns, another guy that fought Ben Knuckle in Britain, Georgia boy. Sierra's undefeated. But, uh, oh, Dakota Corcoran and Tyler Vogel. That's going to be the sneaky fight of the night in my, in my pick. And okay. then this, this really hot chick, Jenny Savage, is fighting. My buddy Sheena Stahl. They're going to fight. She's This girl, Jenny Savage, is making a debut. She's sexy. You got to check this girl out. What's her name? Jenny Savage. Jenny Savage. She's they call her the Sounds Tennessee sexy. gangster. The Tennessee gangster. She's okay. hot. She's hot. So this would be fun to watch her too. And uh who else we got? This is gonna be a good card. I think they got like 10 or 11 fights on there, so it's gonna be good. I, I love it. So I'll talk about that shit all day. What's the knockout percentage? It's gotta be like 90%. Seriously. Really? Maybe even higher. I mean, people get knocked out like the BKFC 14 in Miami. I mean, you saw Yuli Diaz had a yeah, record-breaking knockout. Two seconds? Yeah, it was crazy. So as soon as the bell rang, whop, done. But, I mean, dude had his hands down here. You're towing the line. You're a foot away when the referee says knuckle up. How are your hands, you know, put them up. Yeah. Like, get ready, funny, bro. Like Funny story with that. So I had, I had a history teacher in high school. His name was John Stout. I, I need to tag him on something. I'll put a clip together for him. He was such a badass. He came in. He was like a long-term sub for a history teacher that wasn't there any longer. And he, he was a boxer from uh, Lock Haven university in Pennsylvania, okay. but because boxing in college was like very limited, not a lot of schools had it. He was, cons- I, from what he said, it was division one boxing. And this dude had some hands on him and he took me over to the boxing gym that I actually ended up fighting for years later called the knockout factory. It was on an Indian reservation near where I grew up. Cool. And uh, 
he was telling me a story about when he was fighting for a national, he, I think he won a national championship and then he lost another time in the national championship, but on his tournament through, he had a guy that he knew he was going to lose against and he went out to touch gloves. And when the dude went to touch gloves, he cold cocked him and knocked him unconscious <laughs> and he won the fight, but he was like, it was the dirtiest thing. And he, yeah. he had, he was like, not, not apologetic at all at all now i mean now i think about it that would have been 2003 or four when he told me that story so i could back i want to like look that up and see if i can like find the standings and the records now that i'm thinking about it to see if he was just totally fucking messing with me or it's i mean he told me like it was a legit story and i know he was a legit boxer so but he was totally proud of that moment was like i did what i had to do man i wasn't gonna win well, the saying is protect yourself at all times. Yeah. So it could, go, it could go either way, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, shit, man. We've been doing this a little bit. I, uh, I've got a little one that I hear upstairs, actually. I don't know if you can pick them up through the microphone, but perils of the podcast until I, until I get to those millions of downloads and can go buy myself a studio somewhere. I'm sharing space with the wife and the little one, so. Uh, no, I, I get it, man. I know, I know that struggle, but uh, I'll be right there with you, man. <laughs> good stuff. I appreciate it a ton. Thank you so much for coming on. It was a good time. Oh, thank you, man. It was a, an honor to be on your podcast. I'm very grateful. Thank you for reaching out. And, uh, yo, I look forward to some rubble time coffee. I'll definitely yeah, your address. I will. Yeah. I'll shout you out on my social media. Let people know, do, do a little nice something for you. I appreciate it, buddy. Oh yeah, my man. Thank you, brother. Be safe. Talk soon. Later, brother.